the backstory is obviously we, you know, we have uh, an English service and a Spanish service. We've been having that as part of Park for a couple of years now, and we formally merged uh, with. Uh, Amazing Grace Baptist Church in July, becoming one church, and um, uh, Pastor Victor has been uh, teaching regularly uh, to our our believers uh, at Park uh, in Spanish since uh, beginning of August, right? Started on Sunday evening, just kind of to our people, uh, and then for the last uh, three months, October 4th was the first Sunday. We've kind of had uh, joint services with Soli Dea Gloria and then our Spanish speakers here, here at Park. Uh, so the, the plan has been to kind of move forward to kind of see uh, how that would work first. And by God's grace, and we'll ask, that, ask the question here in a second, how, those, how the two congregations are kind of coming together as one. Uh, so we have seen nothing but green light. There's been lots of good family, uh, sweet uh, relationships and friendships that, that are growing. Uh, we strongly affirm uh, Victor's uh, ministry. Uh, over the last um, month, um, Pastor Keith and I have met with uh, Victor, and kind of in a formal, more ordination, kind of um, examining him with his theology and his doctrine, and he's just done wonderful. Um, uh, eight days ago, on January uh, 2nd, we did a, a formal ordination council with our entire elders, um, and he did a wonderful job uh, answering all our questions, and again, all our elders uh, would affirm uh, his call to ministry and his call to be a pastor um, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, we're excited for what, what the Lord's doing, um, you know, uh, so Victor, why don't you just, just maybe generally, I know we've already done this once, so you don't have to take a lot of time, just maybe briefly introduce yourself, your, you, your family, um, and then how'd you, come, how'd you come to know the Lord? Sure. Um, sinner, uh, saved by grace, uh, born in Texas, raised in Puerto Rico, um, raised in a Catholic tradition, um, got married in 2004 with my beautiful wife right here. Um, we have three children every eight years, and they're eight years apart. It was not planned that way. Um, I, I heard about the Lord. I, know, uh, I knew the, the general of the fear of the Lord and all that um, when I was being raised. Um, a lot of good and bad moralism type of uh, bringing up. And then after that, I, was, uh, I went to a school that was a Christian school. And that's when I heard something different for the first time. I was exposed to something else other than uh, Catholicism. Um, after that, I moved to Charlotte in 2004 after I graduated college. A few months after that, I started attending church. God um, saved me. So at that point, I was saved in a Pentecostal church. And at that point, I started to know that this is what I want to do. I want to serve. I want to share God. I mean, I didn't know the gospel that well back then. But I knew that I wanted to serve Christ in the church. It took some time until... Uh, probably 2011, 12, when God really uh, reached out to me and to get deeper into scriptures. I had a few uh, people that were instrumental in pointing me to scriptures, and it really changed my, my life, going and understanding exactly, I mean, not exactly, but having a better understanding of what God has accomplished for me. It, it was amazing. At the same time, 
it was uh, hard to start seeing the beauties of the scriptures and the work of, of Christ and not finding a place that preach the gospel regularly. And in 2016, we started, well, a little bit before that, 2015, we started a Bible study that it was during the week, then it transitioned to Sundays, and then it transitioned to Iglesia Solideo Gloria. We started to meet just to, let's go deeper into the word. Uh, we had a few families from the community, and most of them didn't have that Christian background, and we were just going into the word, and God started to change us. At the same time, we were growing at the same time, and that's how the church was uh, started back in 2016, and that deep passion of sharing the gospel and, and going deeper into scriptures. Uh, so you are a uh, one who loves the gospel. You talk about the gospel often. If there's anyone here, anyone listening who doesn't understand the gospel, what would you say? How? What is the gospel? What is the, what is the good news of Christianity? Sure. Uh, God created everything perfect. Uh, gospel has to be, God is the center of everything. Jesus Christ is the center of the story of scriptures. And he created everything perfect. Uh, Adam and Eve disobey, sin entered the world, we were separated. That affected the entire uh, humanity. Everybody uh, is born in sin, is born separated from God with no hope. No hope to get to God, no hope of salvation, not hope of being justified in front of a holy God. And God had a plan. He sent his son to live the perfect life the life that I couldn't live and you couldn't live. And then he went to the cross to take up my, my punishment, to take what I deserve. And he died at the cross, and he didn't stay there. So the third day, he resurrected, he defeated death, he defeated sin, and he called us to repent and believe. And we have eternal life in him. So that's the only hope we have. Amen. Uh, so when you, uh, over the last several months, kind of joining with us at Park and having uh, our Spanish speakers and your Spanish speakers coming together, what have you witnessed in terms of those two bodies coming together? From our end, uh, being here, our church, I, I think it's been amazing that we, we've been able to experience the church life. Um, let me try to expand that a little bit more. We started the church and we were trying to do the best that we could, but none of us in, in the church had the opportunity to witness what a healthy church is. We heard of it, we heard a lot of teachings about it, but there's something different when you experience, when you see it firsthand, when you see people uh, showing the love of God, living uh, the gospel. And that is something that for us, it was like the first day that we came here, it was, yes. I don't know these people, but yes. This is something that we've been missing. Um, the first time that we, we came here, it was a baptism uh, service uh, outside. And witnessing that people sharing their testimony 
the church like accepting those believers into the body of Christ the beauty and the celebration the the it was it was something that we were missing but we didn't know that we were missing it so when we came here it was like an automatic click not only with me and, and pastor Dave but also with people and also not only from me and the people here but also from the people from our church that they started to experience in the same thing so i think that's amen amen uh, well wh why is it important um for someone to have a church in their own language where they're hearing the gospel uh preached in their heart language in a community that's centered around uh a a common language um it's the language of your heart it's the language that 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 you used to that you were raised um you feel more comfortable but it's it's, it's something i mean when when maybe it's not a good example i don't know if it is forgive me if it's not uh, but in, in my case if i want to do something that is important i want to do it in spanish because i want to make sure that i'm understanding I'm, I'm getting everything because even even now that i can communicate and express myself in english there's a lot of jokes that i miss a lot of things that i oh i missed that word and because of that i miss the whole context of what you were trying to say. And if everybody's laughing, I laugh. That's my rule. <laughs> so, but it's, it's hard because sometimes you, you don't get everything as if it were in your, in your own language. If we're talking about eternity, we're talking about the gospel, if we're talking about salvation, if we're talking about a message that we have and that we ought to share with, with everybody, I mean, we got to make sure that we go the extra mile to, to share it in the, in the language of their heart, of, of the people. Uh, so just a, a kind of a big picture type question. Uh, how is uh, the, the gospel, the community of faith um, in the larger Hispanic community? What are some maybe some, some challenges that the Hispanic community, the Spanish-speaking world face uh, and, you know, why is there a strong need for uh, healthy Spanish-speaking churches? Uh, very broad. I think the Reformation from 500 years ago got here to the States, but it didn't get to Latin America. Um, it was, the, what we got was the counter-reform from the Catholic Church. In, in a way, so the Catholic tradition in Latin America is very, very strong. Um, after that, I will say the next wave of, of evangelicalism, if we can call it that way, uh, the charismatic world and, and movements is what really start to get Latin America uh, hundreds year, years later. What we see right now in Latin America is a huge influence from the cultural tradition of religion or and the movements of and all the ramifications of uh, Pentecostal type of, of uh, doctrine or, or movements. Um, the sad part and the, what is difficult to watch and witness is 
that that is some of the things, some of the movements that are more popular nowadays. So when we think about, for example, the prosperity gospel, that is something that is very present in the doctrine of the church, of the Hispanic churches here, even though they don't realize that they are being influenced by that. So I think the gospel and the Bible, we have pieces, but there's not a click. There's not a consistency in preaching the gospel. There's a lot of influence of other religions, of other uh, traditions. And honestly, I don't, we spent almost four years in Charlotte and it's, it's hard to find a church that consistently preached the gospel. So our heart and our passion is directed to that. To we need to preach the gospel consistently. We need to preach scriptures. And I think that's a summary of the condition of the church. So maybe expand on that. What is your philosophy of preaching? Um, expository preaching. Uh, I try to get in a verse and get in a, in a book and go verse by verse until we finish that book. Um, right now we are back in the book of John and that's the book that we started back in 2016. So we are on chapter 15. Uh, it's great when you are, and it's great and it's hard because you wanna preach so much and you wanna share so many things but it's, I mean, it's such an ocean, the Word of God. So many things, so deep, so uh, incredible. And so we preach, expo uh, preach expository preaching. We preach, uh, we take care of the context and making sure that we are uh, sharing the intention of God uh, in that verse, uh, one verse at a time. Uh, one of the things that I've loved uh, by getting to know Victor is just his heart um, for the Lord, and he just demonstrates um, a, a really deep sense of humility and gratitude for what God has done for him. It's just very evident when you talk to him and how he loves uh, people. Uh, so maybe not just specifically your preaching philosophy, but what is your pastoral philosophy? How do you feel pastors should, should care for and shepherd their people? I think it has a different... A few components, cannot say one thing. Uh, I think it starts with the pulpit, but, but it doesn't stay there. I think the pastor needs to know the people that, that he's leading, um, needs to get involved in the lives of, of the people, needs to, I mean, go the extra mile trying to serve uh, the families and all the people that we have. So my pastoral philosophy, if I can call it that way, is preach the word, live the word, and walk with people, sharing my life, my testimony, and, and sharing Christ above all. Amen. Well, I'm going to ask for questions from you in, in a second. I have a few more, so uh, I could do this all day, brother. <laughs> uh, so who has uh, been strong people um, preachers or authors that have uh, influenced your theology um, going back to that time and now I realize should I talk this way or to you or <laughs> talk to you um, going back to that time when I was challenged in, in scriptures uh, people that were instrumental uh, I have to 
mention a friend that was who pointed me to to sound doctrine uh the preaching of people like john macarthur paul washer body bacham to mention a few were very instrumental at that time to to really give me a a different sense of scriptures but realizing that it's just the scriptures it's they're showing scriptures. Um, I remember I came from Catholic, Pentecostal, mega church background. So please understand my, my confusion and, and my, at that time, my, my struggle at that time. I used to listen to Paul Washer or, or John MacArthur at that time, and, and he was like, no, I cannot accept that. As, that is not true. That is too, too hard. But next day in the morning, I was doing the same thing, going back to that preaching. And, hmm. and then I go to scriptures and, yes, that's what it says. So I think at that time, it was very, very influential. Then I got into learning a little bit of, of the history. Then I started to ask questions like, okay, this movement, when, when, when did it start? When is the first time that? And then I started to go back and, and knowing a few of the, of the Puritans and uh, going from, I mean, Spurgeon, from going back, John Owen, people like that, that are, I mean, their writings are so deep. Uh, sometimes I spend more time trying to understand and, and the, the basic language of, okay, what does this mean? I don't even know the word. So it's just, uh, again, a notion of, of the beauty of God manifested in, in, in the Word of God. Uh, when was the last time you shared the gospel with a non-Christian, and what happened? Technically, it was this morning at the church. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy one. Yes. You could use that one. And then yes, I mean, I, I, will, I will say that maybe someone is not a Christian that was listening this morning. Uh, hopefully, everybody, I don't know the outcome of, of this morning, uh, but I can, I can go back on Friday. I had a meeting with a coworker, and I mean, it was, uh, it started with what is happening in, in our nation. And from there, it started about happiness and pursuing happiness. And it went to pursuing hope. And that was the perfect segue to, okay, hope. You're talking about hope. Uh, I'll tell you about hope. And then I started to share the gospel and share, I mean, from the beginning. Uh, it was a good conversation because she was open. She was listening. And at least she left the, the meeting thinking, like, hmm, it was a good conversation. I'm going to think about that. And I think that's, that's great uh, for, for a one-time sharing of the gospel. Amen. Well, uh, Grant, would you mind just running the mic? Feel free to, to raise your hand uh, if you have any questions uh, for Pastor Victor. Uh, what, what does your uh, time with the Lord look like? Uh, when your spiritual discipline of prayer and study and reading God's Word, what does that typically look like? Well, my, I try to, last thing that I see in my phone or before I go to sleep, something that is maybe a text message or a thought about God that I, I just go to bed with that. 
usually that helps me to, when I wake up, I'm thinking about that too. Um, reading different Bible plans. Uh, I've not been that successful in doing long-term Bible plans, but changing, that is something that is beneficial for me. Um, what I've been trying lately is uh, taking a book of the Bible and reading it and reading it uh, over and over and over again. Uh, that way I get more familiar with, with what I'm... I mean, sometimes you, you know a verse, but you don't know exactly where it is. That happens to me often. And I'm trying to have a deeper understanding of the books of the Bible one book at a time. So that's something that I've, I've been doing. Now I'm starting the Bible, uh, memorizing the Bible. So I'm in the book of Ephesians. So I finished chapter 1. And hopefully by the summer I have Ephesians uh, done. That is the, the goal, but I, I don't know if I'll be able to. I will need someone to push me and hold me accountable on that. Um, and, and then the, the prayer time. I think on Monday and Tuesdays are really hard for me as a pastor and still working. It's like a, it's hard to preach on Sundays and get your mind back again. Uh, so I try to not not to do anything related to the preaching in those early days of the week. Uh, even though I'm, I'm listening to other preachings and, and stuff. Um, so it's, it's, it varies. So in, in summary, I cannot do one thing over and over and over. I need to take different routes, uh, but keep in prayer and, and Bible reading. Okay. Uh, any, any questions? we got a question in the back. Jay Cam. Um, I, my question is... Um, how do you think, or what, what do you think are some strategies that uh, people in our church could use to more fully integrate our Spanish-speaking members and our English-speaking members, either like on Sundays or throughout the week, either one? A few strategies to connect... It's hard to answer a question like that in, in during pandemic and, and COVID and all regulations and, and stuff. Um, ideally, it will be one-on-one. -on -one. Um, it will be connecting, uh, going straight to someone. We have a lot of our people today here, making sure that you connect, uh, ask questions. We love to eat and, and food is always a connector. Um, I don't Amen. know. Amen. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the willingness that we will have to, to pursue those relationships outside of Wednesday and Sundays. So if, if that is something that I, I think hopefully our, our willingness as, as members and, and as brothers in Christ, uh, we are thinking beyond the Wednesday and, and, and Sundays. And, but it starts on Wednesday and Sundays when we have services. So, one of the things I would just encourage you to do is um, if you see someone from Silla Dio Gloria or if any, any of our Spanish speaking members, it just go and talk to them. I think sometimes there's a fear. What if they don't understand me? And there's this awkward, okay, I don't know if I speak English or Spanish. What's, uh, I, have, I have tried, and I, I'll just tell you, every time I have engaged in conversation, it has been delightful, right? And uh, my wife and I joke is that. 
the members of Soli don't really do small talk. They kind of go right into like, what's going on in your life? Let me tell you about the deepest thing of, oh, okay, <laughs> getting real, getting real. Um, but I think just the intentionality of conversation. So uh, thank you, first of all, for being honest and vulnerable. I just really, really encouraging. But I think just initiating the conversation, it may be awkward, especially even now during COVID, but just continue to press on there. Uh, keep one, one, one more thing, now that you say that. Um, we always leave here after our Sunday service and the parking lot is empty. Like no one else is here, just us that, okay, everybody left and we're still here. Um, if you're willing to stay a little longer on Sundays in the parking lot, we, we'll be here. <laughs> That'll preach. Um, what is uh, the most rewarding thing uh, over these last few years pastoring the people of Solidaire Gloria? What has been the most rewarding aspect for you as a pastor? To see the growth of, of our people in the Word of God. Not in dependence of the pastor, but dependence of God himself. Dependence of the Word of God. Um, something is, is wrong. God is sovereign. I know I can go to him. To hear that from people that you're pastoring is like, praise God. Praise God. I don't know the answer. God does. He knows the answer. He's sovereign. Let's walk together and see what he's going to do in this situation. I see uh, seeing the growth in them that they have situations in life as everybody, but they go to Christ. They go to scriptures. That is something that is so fulfilling uh, as, as a pastor. Um, a few, uh, a week ago, had a conversation with a family from the church and it was related to the questions of the ordination council and they asked me questions and uh, how, what kind of questions are they gonna ask you and, and and I showed them the paper and then I started to ask a few of the questions to them and they started to give me like like yes that's a right answer yes you're right yes you're right and at some point, one of the questions was, of course, what is the gospel? And yes, like, yes, I mean, you can do this for me tomorrow. <laughs> that is so amazing. So I was so encouraged by that conversation that night because, I mean, sometimes we think that, that God is not doing anything, but it's, it's impossible to see the growth. You don't see it immediately. You need to go back and and, and praise God for what he has done. So I think that's been the most fulfilling thing for, for me to see, to see them grow in the Lord. Amen. Any questions out there? I'll keep thinking. I got, I got like I said, do this all night. Um, what, do you, what do you see as uh, some challenges uh, for our, our, two, our two churches to come together and merge as one? Challenges? I think the normal challenges will be, I, I will maybe separate it in normal challenges and, and maybe more specific challenge to our congregation, but sometimes um, we're living in difficult times and everybody has our own, their own problems, situations, circumstances. And sometimes my need 
blinds me to see the need of others. And sometimes I don't see the bigger need of others because I have a need. And, and I would say focusing in the things that are happening and, not, and because of that, getting distracted of loving, serving, uh, sharing, uh, and being, having fellowship with one another. In the more specific way, I will say challenges. I think the normal challenges. I think the Hispanic community here, we have different needs. Uh, we have different experiences, different background. Um, sometimes it's, it's hard the, what, what we go through in, in so many different aspects. Uh, language barrier is hard. Uh, sometimes you see that we are all together, that we go to places together, that we establish community together because of the language. And it's hard to be in a place and not being able to, to understand fully what's going on. Um, health is, is another access to different resources. So that dynamic of the way that we're living is, is different. And maybe being this misunderstood on, on what our need is, maybe that could be a challenge uh, later on. I don't want to keep talking about challenges. We have okay. too many. <laughs> um, do I see a question? Yes. Yes. Um, what do you and your family like to do for fun? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we have an interesting dynamic because of the age gap in between our children, it's hard to find one thing that everybody loves to do. Um, I mean, I love my, my son, uh, Adrian, because he is so mature in so many areas that he can go down and play with, uh, with his sister. Um, having games at, at home, uh, we were playing Twister yesterday, uh, the four of us, uh, stuff like that. Uh, Did you pull a muscle? Almost. <laughs> See, it was hard. Um, and family. I think most of the time that we have time available, okay, let's visit my parents. Let's, let's do something. Let's bring someone together. Uh, I think we are, in a way, wired to that way, that we enjoy being with other families. So, and personally, I mean, they are more artistic, music, creating, a more sports, so pray for me. Uh, yeah, uh, Patrick, before we ask this question, is there any favorite uh, hymns or songs that you like? Hymns or songs? Hymns, hymns or songs. Oh, songs. Uh, musicians, artists? I think that one. No, musicians, I'm, I'm a little bit, <laughs> I'm in confession time. Uh, disappointed in, in, in because I was so into many other uh, performers. I, I'm not into performers. So right now I listen a lot to a couple. Her, their name is uh, Jonathan and, and Sara Jerez. They they have like amazing songs, sound doctrine in Spanish. That is really hard to find. Um, there is a few, but it's not. 
the quality of, of the music is not, it's not there. I mean, it's there, but it's not that impressive. Um, hymns or songs, uh, Precioso Manantial, uh, there's a fountain. I, I heard that song in a, in a conference probably two years ago, or this, this year, or last year, and I just love, love that song. So I can, I can sing that one every Sunday. Amen. Patrick. I have two, but I'll go with the first one. What's your favorite uh, book in the Bible and why? I'll have to say John, um, just because I've been preaching John for the last four years. And I'm still in chapter, well, we finished chapter 15 today. So we're going to 16. I think just because I had the time to, to go deep in, in, in that book and seeing all the amazing things that, I mean, Jesus and John, <laughs> book of John. Um, earlier you said that like you'd always heard about healthy churches and then when you saw our body that you were like, God, oh, this is it. I was just curious um, what, what stood out about our body and what did you hear about, like what, what makes something a healthy church pretty much in your mind um, and then how did you see that in Park? Yes, um, I think a healthy church in, in my understanding it, it, starts, it starts from here. It starts from the pulpit, from the preaching of, of the Word of God. It has to, uh, the leadership has to be according to scriptures. Uh, it has to be, a, we have to have a, a clear understanding of what the gospel is, how to share the gospel, how to live the gospel. Um, evangelizing is really important. Conversion, th those, those key things that make us Christian. I think we have to have a, a, a deeper and clear understanding as a church. Church membership is, is big in, in, in having a healthy church, discipline. Uh, I mean, those are key areas that, that I started to witness here uh, immediately. Also, people knowing the, the Word of God. So knowing that you're having a conversation with I mean, randomly, and, and you know that there is a, a sense of knowledge of, of scriptures, and, and that is a beauty. So, in summary, I will say it that way. Amen. Yes, Amber. Um, how have you seen God work in the merging of um, the Spanish congregation that was here already and then your people? Have you seen that um, those people's lives mesh together well? Yes, yes. Uh, it, it's been a, personally, it's been a blessing to be able to preach the Word of God and connect with new family members. I will put it this way. I think at the beginning, it, it took a little time to, to make the connections. Um, I think as Hispanic, and maybe I'm answering a different question, but as Hispanic, sometimes there is a level of trust that we're a little bit skeptical in, in a few things and we need to hear, we need to, okay, let me move forward. And I think it took a little time at the beginning, but it's been a great blessing to get to know great families, brothers and sisters in Christ, um, 
sharing and, and being here, having fellowship every, every week. Um, I think that Ramon and his family, Ali, Salomon, um, Hermana Rita, there's so many people, uh, so many people that are just great people. I just love to be around them, around uh, everybody that is here, Brother Andres and, and Lupita, Isaiah. I mean, there's so many of them that they have a, a passion of to serve the Lord. And yes, so it's been great. Amen. More questions? Yes, John Whitaker is always good for a question. Or several. Uh, maybe give me, when you think of missions, what comes to your mind? Just maybe your general thoughts on missions and missiology. Sharing and spreading the gospel everywhere. Uh, the sense of, of mission is we have to focus in both reaching out our communities and reaching out the world with Christ. In, in my understanding, it's, it's a, little bit, uh, a little bit more complicated when we talk about nations and we talk about missions when we have nations every Sunday here. When we have so many people in our community from so many different nations, from the, so many different places and backgrounds. And so, of course, it, it starts here, but it goes, goes out. So sharing and spreading the gospel uh, to everybody. Any other questions? Yes, Matthew, then Daniel. First of all, thanks for... Um, sharing that you have a hard time sticking to long-term Bible reading plans. I, I also struggle with that. I'm, I'm trying really hard to get through the one this year. Um, I wanted to ask, when, when American politicians talk about the Hispanic community, they tend to talk about it as one homogenous community. And they, you hear things like the Hispanic or the Latin American vote or um, things of that nature. But obviously, not all Latin Americans are, are the same. They don't think the same on everything, just like any other group of people. So what makes, um, what nuances or distinctions do you want to see in the Spanish-speaking congregation that would make it stand out from the Spanish-speaking uh, people of our society in general? Can you re repeat or that last part what, to make sure I understand the what question? Does, what do you want to see the, the Spanish-speaking congregation? How do you want it to stand out from the, the Hispanic community in Rock Hill generally? Uh, I'm, hopefully, I'm, I'm understanding the question in, in my answer. Ideally that we are standing firm in Christ, that we are 
I mean, as the church, we are separated from the world that we don't have a mentality or, or we don't have lens that are from one side or the other, but from the biblical understanding that we can understand that, yes, we are part of a fallen world. There is lots of broken systems in place, but our citizenship is in heaven. We are pilgrims. We are moving forward uh, to, the, to be with the Lord uh, forever. And we need to practice that love that we're going to experience completely and fully. We need to practice it now. Um, hopefully, what I would like to see in, in, in the congregation here is that, that we are Christians first and Christians second and third and last. That's our identity. We are Christians and we, we represent the kingdom of God. And having those lens, then let's, let's see what's going on. Let's see how we can influence, how we can serve and love generally speaking, in our community. Daniel, <clears throat> well, this will be our last question. Having been bivocational as you have been for a while, you're, you've been a busy guy. How have you been able to prioritize your time between your work, the needs of your family, and the needs of your congregation, just priority-wise? Praise the Lord. I don't know. I think it's one of those things that I just can simply look back and praise the Lord. Um, praise the Lord that I'm uh, strong with, uh, with my wife and, and I were strong in our marriage. That, I mean, I love her way more now than our best time ever. Hopefully the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, our relationship is really strong. Um, what I'm experiencing with my with with my children also is is amazing that they are growing in the Lord. I don't know. I don't know how how I did it. I have to say, God somehow help me make some decisions that I didn't know it was to protect me or to keep my priorities straight. Uh, I have to praise God for, for that. I try in my work and I said I need to take one day off. So it used to be Mondays uh, when I had Mondays off at work, but it, it didn't work for a long time because you had to do some stuff and okay, I'll do it on Monday. So. Praise God. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, so on January 24th, what we're going to be doing is, obviously, when we're merging, we're not just merging with the pastor. Obviously, we want to um, present Victor and bring Victor on uh, full-time, and we'll talk more about this at our, at our members meeting, but one of the reasons that we believe that is uh, we believe that uh, Victor is a gift to the church. Uh, we believe that pastors are a gift to the church, and we think that uh, Victor would do a wonderful job continuing to shepherd uh, our people, but we pray that he'd have an influence beyond 
our walls and help impact the Spanish-speaking world uh, for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're really excited uh, about that. But when we're merging, we're not just bringing on Pastor Victor. We're bringing on new members and part of our, our family. Uh, so next time we're together, January 24th in the evening, we'll have testimonies from different families of uh, Soli Deo Gloria. Uh, then to share uh, their testimony and how they came to Christ and how God has been using uh, the ministry of, of, of the church uh, in their own lives and how, what God is even doing now uh, as they have been coming uh, more uh, with us. And we pray that uh, during the next several weeks, if you have opportunities, um, stay late um, and uh, hang out in the parking lot, invest in a couple conversations Wednesday night and Sunday uh, after church would be wonderful times to do that. Uh, or get names and, and grab a bite to eat either around, around your own table or uh, at, a, at a restaurant um, in South Carolina. That's much better than North Carolina. Um, that was a bad joke. Um, so just just get get to know one another, and, then, and again, come back on, on the 24th. We'll have more dialogue, and then if you have any questions before then, you're welcome to talk to myself or any of the other elders. Uh, let me just pray uh, for 